celebrated skier folks and qualified to smirk. I've skied more hills than any man from Frisco to New York. But talking about the skiing I've done is my one and only quirk. Uh, I was born in Oberstaufen, Bavaria, in the mountains. And um, when I was three years old, I went for a walk with my dad and I saw three people on skis. It was unbelievable. They could, they could just stand on the ski and slide down the hill. I was absolutely fascinated. And so, so when we got home, my dad used to buy oranges from Italy in, in crates that were made out of chestnut boards, to thin chestnut boards. I took my best pair of buckle house shoes and nailed them on a couple of those boards and took a string and pulled, pulled up the front of the board, wound it around the knee. And those were my first skis, the nails sticking out maybe this much <laughs> on the bottom. And I was on skis. And it was just the most wonderful thing. The problem was when I bent my knees forward, I lost the tips and I went like that. <laughs> but it was a start and it changed my whole life because skiing is my life. And, and uh, so then, the first real skis with permanent tips I got when I was like four years old, four and a half. Uh, and Stein Eriksson's dad, Marius Eriksson in Oslo, made those. So I had skis then with permanent tips. What a luxury! <laughs> so you could ski. And it opened up the world. It opened up the mountains. You could climb this hill, you could climb that mountain and ski down. It was absolutely wonderful. And the first turns we did were just snowplow turns. And mainly we also jumped. We kids uh, built little little jumping hills out of snow and then built it bigger and higher up and higher up. And we jumped like 30 feet uh, uh, <laughs> and, and before we could turn. So we just let it run out. <laughs> And then eventually said, well, maybe you'll learn how to turn. <laughs> Let's jump 90-some years ahead. And I want you to say it's 93 years later. I'm 96 now since I got my first skis. And tell me if you love skiing the same way and, and, and why and how it fills you up. Uh, if I leave that wonderful beginning of skiing when I was three. Now I'm 96 and uh, still ski, naturally. And it, but it has, the experience has never changed. Skiing gives you a certain freedom, a freedom of choice, where you want to put your turns, how fast you like to go, how much you enjoy the beauty of nature and the little trees that stand there full of snow, like, like little people in the woods, you know. It, 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 skiing is kind of a little bit also connected with the fairy tale of the beauty of nature. And, and, and it gives you all these choices. And also you have the choice of the speed that you have, and you, have, you can jump some, you get the zero G 
feelings every time you jump. I mean, it's just the most wonderful experience where you can say, well, I am top of Aspen Mountain, and four minutes later, I'm on the bottom. Whoa! If that isn't a, a, just a wonderful, wonderful, great experience, you're kind of flying down, you know, it's beautiful. That was a lovely answer. Um, so, what makes you decide to leave Europe, and what makes you decide to be a ski teacher, and what did you expect from life? What did you want, what would have been a successful life? I think after the war in Germany, uh, I'm an aeronautical engineer. I always say that's why Germany lost the war. <laughs> but, you know, I, I thought one company brought me to America along with some people that were working in the rocket industry. And uh, so the, when we got here, the, the rocket builders, they, they had jobs right away. And the airplane people didn't because when the war was over, they stopped building the bombers. And, and so the, the big uh, companies like Boeing, uh, they, they, they didn't hire, but they, they, they uh, wrote me back nice letters that as soon as they think uh, they can use the, my talent, they, they will contact me. And so, so I thought, well, can I probably should make a ski instructor. I could do that. And so I called Friedel Pfeiffer in Sun Valley, who was then running the ski. He said, yeah, Klaus, come, can teach for me. So, so uh, and then when the war started in Korea, I got letters from all of them. I could start right away in the, in, in the, uh, the aeronautical industry. But then I was uh, teaching skiing and it was so fun to be out there. Uh, and, and I had started making the first parkers and I thought, well, maybe, maybe instead of building airplanes, <laughs> I built ski clothing and better boots and better skis and better everything. So, so, so I ended up uh, living my skiing life by making a lot of better stuff. <laughs> so, and you did it very well. So you come to town and you see this ghost town that's kind of emerging and um, did you see a town full of opportunity? Did you see a life evolving here as it has or were you, you said I'll just stick it out for a winter? What, what, what went through your mind and what did you imagine the future of yourself in Aspen was? When, when I came to Aspen, the, 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 the greatest impression was when it snowed at night and in the daytime the sun came out and the snow was really fluffy like in Europe at 3,000 meters. I thought, wow, that's, that's pretty wonderful because the air is so dry here. Uh, it, 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 uh, and because Aspen is far inside the continent uh, and not like the Alps near the ocean. So, so that was one, one thing. And another was 
it's very high. Aspen is 2,700 meters high, and it, it, but very far south. So, so and the air is very dry. So it never it never had terribly cold winters. They were just kind of pleasant winters, at least except for maybe a week a winter or so. So, so it, I I I started to like very much the climate, uh, not only for uh, winter for skiing, but also for summer outdoor sports. It, absolutely ideal because because we're so high, we're so far south, like the Strait of Messina between Italy and Sicily. That's how far south we are here. So it's it's a very 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 special, wonderful wonderful climate for outdoor sports. Did you imagine being here for another whatever it is, seventy years or more since you came? Did you what 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 kept you here? What what was it about this place then that made it special for you? I think what kept me in Aspen is the recognition of the the, the wonderful climate, for one thing, and uh, and the people it has uh, attracted to come here. Uh, people like. Uh, Walter Pepke, who was phenomenal and built the music and other things, got Albert Schweitzer to come from Africa here for a visit. He, 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 he didn't ski. His dream uh, was uh, a place in the summer for people get together for good music and dances and, and art. So, so, and his wife. Uh, uh, she she skied and was very wonderful, and her two daughters skied. So so it was kind of an interesting mix. And Walter brought to Aspen some very interesting people uh, from Chicago and also from New York that helped kind of get a momentum uh, going for summer. And then the skiing, Friedel Pfeiffer and Fred Isel in ski school uh, did their best to make the winter sensational in Aspen. And they did, you know. Was this place magical to you then? When do you think you first might have thought of it as a magical place and, and why? Uh, for you, for you was it magical? I think what was magical for me was the climate. Okay. Uh, and the, the fabulous conditions that were caused by dry air for skiing. Okay, then let's talk about your evolution. You start off as a ski instructor, and then you changed. Things changed. What? How did? How did this? How did Klaus Obermeier, ski instructor, become Klaus Obermeier, industrialist? Uh, what happened to me? Uh, uh, I, I I saw what was missing uh, in clothing and in poles and in skis and in bindings. Th th there was so much that for an engineer, uh, so much opportunity to figure out better ways. And and so so th th just for an example, uh, lift number one was a 15-minute ride if it didn't stop. It was cold, and so we had a long winter coat to ride up, and then we put the winter coat 
on top on the chairlift and they took the that coat down because he couldn't ski in it and and so then we skied down and then the, the next time up we met our winter coat coming down halfway up and so we had one warm one cold right up so i thought well wouldn't it be nice to to have a, a parker that would keep keep you warm going up and that you could ski in that doesn't reach all the way down into the snow. So so then I cut up the, the uh, down comforter that my mom made me take to America. She said, you're going to North America, it must be cold there or it wouldn't be called North America. So you take that down comforter with you. So I, I had to take that. And so that is the one I cut up and, and made the kind of a, the, 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 a, park, a parka out of it. It looked horrible. I mean, it looked like Michelin Man with huge arms. But you could ski in it, and it was warm going up the lift. And Gary Cooper said, Klaus, can you let me use that coat once? And, and he used it, and I said, I'll buy it from you. You know, so I thought, oh, so the, so so we'll make some more coats, and we ended up having having like uh, seventeen girls sewing in Aspen. We had a little sewing factory here to make quilted coats, <laughs> but it was funny because for about three weeks I had I had down feathers in my cereal, you know, <laughs> flying all over the place. And then later we developed a, 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 a system that blew the down into the, into the shell and, and didn't have it flying around, you know. So anyhow, so that kind of was one thing. And, and then we needed ski boots that were better. This, because, the, 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 for instance, uh, the, 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 most ski boots came from Europe. In Europe, people have wider heels because they walk more. Here, they drove more in cars. So, so, so all the boots that came over here, the people were sliding up and down with the heel in the boot because they were too wide. So I had the, the company Winkler in Germany. They made I me mean, special lasts that were, a, when it was a medium width, had a narrow heel. If it was narrow width, it had an extra narrow heel, and and the, those boots fit the the people here fantastically. So that was the first double boot, also. So so, so there was just so, so many opportunities uh, that, that where you could make things better, and we, we did, and with some we, we made a little money on, with some we lost some money on, but but it started building a business that today uh, hundreds of thousands of people wear our stuff, which is nice, you know. <laughs> Talk to me about your other creations and ideas and inventions along the way. Well, there were, were many things. I think one thing we were the first was with a two-pronged ski stopper because you used to have an Arlberg strap, a leather strap tied to the ski binding and when you fell you get a windmilling effect with the skis and hit your head that was really dangerous and so so we 
it's a long story, but anyhow, we came with the first two prongs Kishtapa, which is now in all bindings all over the world. So we never made any money on it, but it was a good idea. <laughs> so uh, that was one thing. Then the suntan lotion. There was no suntan lotion at that time that could protect you from sunburn. And uh, so Friedel Pfeiffer and I together worked on a, on a suntan lotion that you, you, you put it on, you tanned, but you didn't burn. It was absolutely fabulous, and I, I, it's a complicated uh, uh, chemical story, w how we did it that it worked. You know, that, that, not, that would take another half hour for this show and too long. So, but anyhow, so we did that. We had the first aluminum, dual aluminum ski poles that were nice and light and wonderful. Uh, the, 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 the first quilted parker, there's just so so many so many things. The first sunglasses that were were unbreakable glass, but had a mirror on the outside. So so. You could people got night blind from 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 the ultraviolet rays that hit the eyes, and it kept ninety nine percent of the ultraviolet rays out. So we made that in France, in in Moray, France. So so, so there, there there were just so many many opportunities to make things better, you know, and uh, and. Uh, uh, a sport you really love from your heart. Uh, it's a good feeling to make it just a little bit better because what you can add to it. Did you ever think you'd live to be 96 and still skiing? But when you were a younger man, even when you were 60, did you think you could live to 96 and ski? And and what what is it about you? Everybody in this town wants to be Klaus Obermeier. Everybody wants to be when they're nine, first of all, they want to live to be 90. And then they want to live to ski when they're 90. What, what is it about you, besides your good genetic makeup, what is it beside, about you that enabled you to be who you are at this age? And when did you realize this was you? I, I, think, I think that uh, getting older and be still in good shape uh, is something that most everybody can do if they don't eat more than they burn off, get fat. Uh, if you keep your muscles working, you, so you work out, uh, you keep pressure on your bones so nature doesn't think you don't need it anymore and slowly takes the calcium away you know? so and also I did Aikido which is a martial arts that Tommy Crum has been teaching and uh, which is wonderful which is just absolutely wonderful and and also you, you, you look at life I mean what a gift that we have and what a planet that we are living on with all this life that's all related. It's just absolutely incredible. The elephants, 
the monkeys, our cousins. You know, it, 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 uh, it, there's so much to see and to enjoy and to appreciate uh, that you really also want to step on this planet as lightly as you can. Uh, and, and don't use off more than you need to and, and just be happy and create win-win situations, you know. What do you think about this? I've never thought about this before, but it just came to mind, that you are the human embodiment of Aspen, that you are, like Aspen, an extraordinary thing that's had great good fortune, that worked hard, that is unique and special and one of a kind in, in many ways. Do you, do you, could I call you the, the human embodiment of, of Aspen? And how do you feel about that? I think I, I love Aspen for many reasons. Uh, uh, also because it has attracted people to move here that are well above average in their intelligence and has brought about a very positive energy in this town. It's very, very, very special. Uh, the nice people from Chicago that own the ski company what they have given us a huge present by having everything absolutely the best, you know, for skiing. So, so there's just a, a lot of very positive uh, stuff happening here that we can all easily identify with and are happy to have it and appreciate it. What do you want us to remember you for and as? Um, I mean, it's marvelous that you're 96. And I interviewed Jack Rabbit Johansson when he was 110. Yeah. And so I hope that you are 110 and I can interview you then. But Probably, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so, if I'm still around. But what Klaus Obermeyer is Finish that. Start that sentence and, and finish it. What Klaus Obermeier? How should how should we think of Klaus Obermeier? How should we think of Klaus Obermeier vis-a-vis Aspen? Can I I think my name vis-a-vis -vis Aspen is, is just one little part that has made Aspen great, because you 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 always end up what you aim for and we aim for making skiing as nice as possible as comfortable as possible uh, enjoying the nature the beauty of the mountains uh, summer and winter to to be comfortable to have have a shirt that works that that you don't sweat in you know uh, to just make things as good as you can and smile. <laughs> and yodel. <laughs> and yodel. Oh, yodel. Yeah, yodeling, you know, it's a funny thing about yodeling. That, 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 was, that came about in the mountains when, the, 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 when you saw the absolute beauty of nature and the big snow fields and the 
big mountains and the green valleys. When you saw that, there were no words in our vocabulary with which we could describe it. And so people went, oh, <laughs> you know, they went like, kind of, it just gave, gave expression to what they felt like <laughs> without having the words for it. And so you, you then came about many yodel songs now, you know, the one, so those are different words. <laughs> I'm a celebrated skier, folks, and qualified to smirk. I've skied more hills than any man from Frisco to New York. But talking about the skiing I've done is my one and only quirk.